When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Top Shelf Tuesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. i got to change my YouTube photo. It's very business It's very professional. Yeah, we can't have that professionalism <laughs> here. That's like from the four months of my life where I had a job where I had to dress like an adult. As that is that was short lived. LinkedIn written all over it. <laughs> Thank God that's over. <laughs> uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. If you're with us on the YouTube page, make sure you smash that like button. If you're listening on the audio podcast, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Podomatic, Pod PodcastMachine.org. PodMachine.org <laughs> is the one I invented last week. Whatever it is, hit that subscribe button on all the CHGO Blackhawks podcasts. And, of course, those five-star Apple reviews. I saw some people left us some five-star reviews yesterday. Nice. So thank you for doing that. That's very, very helpful. We've got to fix the people that were mad when the show switched over. We've got to gain some momentum back. I would like to <laughs> all right. like imagine that a lot of those people that were so when the switch are now like, oh, okay, I'm cool with this. Like, yeah, I this listen cool. every day. Yeah, I know for a fact there's a few that have come back and been like, yeah, I was kind of a douche and I shouldn't have said those things. But, it was a uh, lot. It was a lot to take in in a very short amount of time. And yes, I, well, look, um, you, you hopped on the ride and here we are. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's a good example of what's to come. So today for Top Shelf Tuesday, as we saw, if you were with us yesterday and we hope you were, we ended the show and said, we'll be back Tuesday and we're going to talk about we're not sure yet. So <laughs> we had a little meeting via Slack this morning and here's what we're going to do today. Blackhawks prospects we were wrong and right about over the course of our fandom. That's kind of fun, right? We can look back at some some fun names from the past and say, boy, I really thought that this guy was going to be great or this guy was going to suck and I was wrong. Um, so that's going to be fun. We got a little bit of news, though, this morning. Uh, I know I think you've got the tweet open, Mario, from Nick Olchek. Yeah. Uh, we knew Nick was not going to be back with the Blackhawks. That was uh, pretty clear. But today uh, made it official with a little statement yeah, on, he uh, just on Twitter. Yeah, he just did a little uh, little goodbye here from uh, from Nick Olchek. It says, to the city of Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago media members, and the incredible Blackhawks fans, thank you from the bottom of my heart for your love, support, and compassion over the years. Chicago will always be my home. Heart emoji. On to the next step in the journey. Microphone emoji. emoji. And it's a picture of him looking dapper, as always. As, as you always. See, you see it no, on the there's screen There's no here. picture of him where he doesn't look dapper. Absolutely. Like, He's, Absolutely. He's, and uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I think you can kind of put a couple puzzle pieces together to kind of figure out where Nick's yeah, next just, uh, just look up the Seattle next adventure might be. Seattle Kraken employee directory. <laughs> Scroll down to the O, o section. <laughs> You'll see like four or five old checks and he's like the only one that is not employed there. So if yeah, yeah. if there was a where does Nick Olchek land next? bet on the points bet yeah app, i guarantee you the be, seattle yes. bracket will be the overwhelming high, favorite very high odds yes, on that but one but in all seriousness best of luck to nick great yeah. great guy he is a a rising star in the broadcasting business there's no doubt about that great just to, i can call him a kid because he's way younger than i am and <laughs> seriously though like when Mario, the first day you and I went to a Hawks practice after mm -hmm. the CHGO launch, he was the first guy to come over to us and welcome us onto the beat. Yeah. And just he's always been accessible. Uh, and, and the kid puts in the work. He's not leaning on the fact that he's at, at Olchek's kid. Like, no. he went down and, and yeah. was behind the scenes at TNT during the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, mm -hmm. cutting highlights and doing the production work 15 16 hour days for the entire Stanley Cup run. He was he did production for NBC Chicago. Yep. He was doing broadcasting for the Indy Fuel and the ECHL like he is definitely he's putting uh, put in, his in work. Yeah. a lot of hours, a lot of work in some 
you know, not uh, not so glamorous positions. And he's he's earned a lot. He's he's earned a lot uh, in in the broadcasting world. And I think uh, wherever his next uh, venture lands him, I think he's going to knock it out of the park. So, yeah, yeah good. Good luck to him. Always appreciated uh, the conversations that we had and hope to have uh, have some more down the down the road. Yeah, for sure. He's going to be great yeah. at whatever he does. Easy to an, an easy guy to cheer for and, and be happy for his success. And hopefully if he does end up with the Kraken or somewhere in the NHL, we can uh, have him on the show to kind of preview whatever team he's working for. Sure. I'm sure Why he'll not? do it. That would be great. And I think uh, there was some speculation that part of why um, – well, maybe not why Eddie chose to not come back to Chicago, but I think there was a, a desire for Eddie and Nick to have, maybe for Nick to have a more permanent role with the Hawks than he was being offered, and that may have played a role as well. Uh, Eddie is the kind of guy, and this is just, you know, I don't want to go in and, and say this is like 100% confirmed, but I've heard this from a few places that Eddie was sort of hoping that there would be more for Nick here. Um, considering the work he's put in, considering how good of a job he does, considering Eddie's position with the team, and the Hawks, frankly, like just don't have a, they don't have a full time spot for him. They do now, <laughs> but they well, didn't, you know. Yeah. And I think that that may have played a little bit of a role too. So who knows? But uh, look, I happy for Nick. Like you guys said, couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been more welcoming. Uh, did everything he could to come in and and make us all feel welcome. Uh, and when the Eddie O stuff went down, you know, reached out and said, Hey, you know, hope everything's good with you guys. It sucks. has happened. It's just, he's been great. And I hope whatever happens for him, uh, is something that he can be well-established in for a long time, right? Yeah. A job he can keep for a while. And mm-hmm. that man, if he, if he lands at the Kraken, that is one hell of a broadcast team. They have a great broadcast yeah, team. There he is. I mean, you got, uh, Forsland, and John Forslund, and, and, and JT, JT Brown. Brown. Um, I'm not the biggest yeah. Forsland guy on play-by-play. I think he's pretty it's good. It's just a taste thing. Yeah. He's not my favorite. But he's I, he's I good. Him I just, and Old Check together, they'll, yeah, they'll, be, they'll be really yeah, good. They'll, That's almost like a national broadcast. Pretty <laughs> much. I mean, they'll probably be missing. I wonder who their B, their JV broadcast maybe that's where nick slides in because both of those guys are going to be missing some cracking yeah games true right because they both do national games right so maybe they they get the, the they slide nick in and don't tell anybody it's nick and then half of seattle won't, <laughs> won't even <laughs> know even that know. It's, they'll think it's eddie because they'll run on what, the screen oh it's nick i remember the first time i heard nick on a radio and i was i'm like is this this is that is I, thought it was somebody, I thought somebody was doing an eddie impression it is uncanny <laughs> it is. and not just like in the tone of their voice, but the inflection, the way they speak, the even like the words they use, yeah, are, it's so similar. It's 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 almost weird. It's almost <laughs> creepy how close they are in in the way they speak. Like, yeah. I'm around my parents a lot, but I don't speak like my parents. <laughs> Eddie and Nick broadcast almost identically, yeah, which says a lot for how good Nick is at such a young age. Oh yeah, because Eddie is everyone agrees the best analyst in the business and. For Nick to be able to, to fool people for a while <laughs> and to thinking he's his father is great. So, yeah, uh, whatever happens, Nick, we're happy for you. And uh, stay in touch with us, man, because we loved we loved uh, being around you for the short time we were. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be the crack, and I'm sure it's going to be great. It just is another reminder of we still don't know who the Hawks are going to have. And the season starts relatively soon. Yeah. I want to figure this Two out. Two months. Weekly. Yeah. Though I, I have I have no uh, no reason to doubt that they won't find someone they won't have some decent plan uh, of of filling the uh, the shoes of Eddie Olchek. But um, speaking of which, happy birthday to Eddie Olchek! It is Eddie's birthday. Fifty six today. Um, yeah, I, I have no doubt that they're gonna they're gonna find someone that will be uh, uh, a decent replacement. Uh, whether it's you know the rumored Patrick Sharp or a split of Patrick Sharp and Troy Murray. I just hope they don't go with a carousel of broad of, of, of people. Get somebody for Some, two games. W- one or two people is fine. One person ideally would be great. Um, but they'll I, I, I have faith that they'll figure it out with someone that that people will be able to uh, you know enjoy their their abilities. Splitting splitting the booth between Sharp and Murray then causes chaos in two booths. Right. I mean, I don't know yeah. how important or how popular the radio broadcast is these days. I mean, it's I mean, I know it's what goes on the streaming services, and I mean, I love the radio broadcast. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm of the age where I remember I only were able to listen to half the games on the radio, and it became, you know, that's how you knew what the Hawks were doing by listening on the radio when they were at home. So uh, just pick a guy for or or a woman, pick a person Whoever. for yep. 82 games and stick with it and let let it work uh, organically between the new color person and Chris Foster's. That's all I ask. I don't yeah. at this point. I don't care who it is. It's short notice. <laughs> You know, you're probably not going to be able to get the, you know, supposed cream of the crop or the best analyst out there because just the timing of everything. But just pick somebody for 82 games. In an ideal world, I would like to see Vosters with whoever they hire as the color guy and Colby Cohen between the glass, Kaylee Chelios in studio with Charlie and Pat. That's it. That's how it should be. Every game, it can be that. Right, that would be yes. fine. I would be fine with that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, maybe maybe tweak that studio a little bit, but that, that's my uh, personal preference. Hmm. <laughs> Let's let the mind wander on that one. Uh, I got some stories. Anyway, Charlie, we love you. Yes, Charlie, you're cool. Big great Smile guy. Smile and wave. Um. All right, let's get into our top shelf Tuesday topic, shall we? All yeah. right, prospects. We were right. And or wrong about. Hey, that Korchinski guy. <laughs> I think he's going to be a bust. So I'm going to start because my uh, mine is very bad. Uh, my, my, I've talked about this before. Uh, in the 2002 NHL draft with the first round pick, 21st overall, doom, 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 the Blackhawks selected doom, doom, uh, doom, Russian doom. defenseman Anton Babchuk. Okay. Yeah. Next year, in the second round, in the 54th overall pick, the Blackhawks selected Michigan State defenseman Duncan Keith. <laughs> I was very convinced that Anton Babchuk was like the next Darian Hatcher, was the next uh, whatever great uh, defenseman with a booming shot from the point and all those things that you hear about in the scouting reports. And um, it's funny, like when you watch draft coverage, like this guy really compares to Wayne Gretzky. Because he's a good passer. Like, Babchuk was so, oh my God. Th that traffic, it was so oversold. It was so oversold, like they all are. But everybody had, I was a true believer in Anton Babchuk. And then I saw Duncan Keith, and I'm like, this little dude is going to play defense <laughs> yeah. in the NHL? He's tiny. He's a, he's a pimple farmer. Look at this kid. He's, he's wee. There's nothing yeah. to him. I was wrong about Duncan Keith. Like, those first two seasons, like, this guy can't play in the NHL. Yeah. And we heard, and again, like, the overselling of prospects, you heard about, like, the uh, the unmatched uh, oxygen capacity of Duncan Keith and all these things, <laughs> and you kind of chuckled those away. But it turned out to be true that that dude could log, you know, 30 oh, yeah. minutes a night with very little issue. But that, to me, that is my biggest, I would argue with my friend Wendy, about the two of them specifically. And I'd say, I will take Anton Babchuk's career over Duncan Keith's uh, 10 times out of 10. Hey, There's it, no way Keith is going to be better. Let it play out. Second round pick. So Babchuk, <laughs> uh, for the record, uh, 289 games, 36 goals, 71 assists, 107 points. Duncan Keith, 1,256 <laughs> games, 106 assists, 540, uh, I'm sorry, 106 goals, 540 assists. So Keith had a slightly better Three career. Three Stanley Cups, two Norris trophies. Yeah, yeah. Con Smythe. Con Smythe. Yeah. I was a little wrong tree. about the that The results one. were slightly better for Duncan Keith. By the way, I made a typo. That was the same exact draft. Yes, 2002. Yeah. 2002. Actually a pretty decent draft considering the Hawks. When you, go, when you scroll through the Hawks draft history, drafting like garbage, it was not exclusive to he who shall not be named mm -hmm. like they have they there you go through some of these drafts and you're like none of these guys ever yeah. amounted to anything like complete waste of draft class 2002 that was mike smith it was you mentioned babchuck eh. duncan Keith, second round All yeah famer. pretty good uh but you look do deeper down you had james wisniewski in the fifth round who turned out to be a decent player he, yeah uh, mm -hmm. He was he was a contributor for the Hawks. Played over 500 NHL games. Ninth round. They don't even have a ninth round anymore. <laughs> yeah. But you got Adam Burrish, who was a contributor to that first team. And then fourth round, you drafted a center named Matt Ellison, who may have only played 43 NHL games, but he's a important guy in Blackhawks history because that is who we fleeced 
the Philadelphia Flyers for for Patrick Sharp. Wasn't that one for one? That? One for one. Matt Allison straight up for Patrick Sharp. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is... Uh, Flyers history could have been a lot different. That That could be... Like, there's a lot of one-sided trades in NHL history, but I wonder if you could, like, analytically go back and look and say, what is the most lopsided trade mm. in history? That that might be. That's got to be a big one. As it's far as total games played, yeah. impact, like, yeah. That's got to be one of the whoever, – whoever's good with, with graphs and charts out there. It ain't me. Do that uh, Matt Ellison – yeah, sh- Patrick Sharp trade. Let's and get a heat map up on Twitter a, so I can look at the pretty colors. Give us stuff with colors and and I want to see colors and, and not know what the stuff. heck I'm looking at, but at least entertain me with colors. <laughs> Patrick Sharp, 620 points in 939 games. Yeah, wow. that was a pretty Oof. good. Um, maybe I'll Decent. do some Three research Cups. one of these days to see some of those worst, best, lopsided trades. I mean, in Blackhawks history, in, in that's got to be yeah. the most lopsided. Oh yeah. Favorable. There were a few that went the other way that were pretty. Yeah, like (laughs) people like are still mad about Panarin for Saad, but at least Saad came and was good. Like he was, he was Brandon Saad. It wasn't lopsided. Yeah, it was uneven. It wasn't lopsided. Right. But but you when you look at it though, it didn't work out that great for the Blue Jackets either. Yeah, they won the playoff series against Tampa with Panarin, but then he left and they got nothing for him. So. They had two yeah. good years of Panarin and then nothing to show for it. Yeah. So let's that that probably much evened out at the end of it that neither team really got what they wanted. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think as far as the lopsidedness, I think the contributions Panarin would have brought to the Blackhawks at that point in time probably would have outweighed what Brandon Saad oh, no did. Doubt. And but again. That was the offseason between being swept by the Predators and then being hot garbage in 2017-18. So even with Panarin, what did they do? Did they make the right. playoffs and get bounced in the first round again? Like, that was the summer the rebuild should have began. Exactly. But here we are. We got a note from Brandon Sakura in the uh, chat here just to jump back on the broadcast thing. Chris Chelio said on the score that if the Hawks asked Chelios, he'd fill in the booth. I've heard him say that too. Um, but if that they asked, they so have to ask him. They have to ask him. And he's got an ESPN contract. He's, yeah, he's like one of the studio figures for ESPN. So right, right. I don't think they need somebody they, who's also got national duties. Yeah, I mean that was that was obviously with Eddie. right. But yeah, but that, that he was well established as the Blackhawks yeah, broadcaster. Chelios would be coming in new. Basically, and he doesn't have a lot of booth experience. Like Eddie can command the hey, I'm going to miss 20 games, right? And you're like, that's fine. Chelios, you know, once a week will be gone. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know about Chelios as a color commentator in a booth, in a, in a studio. He's great. He's great on ESPN with with yeah. Messier and, and Le- Levy, but not as a color there. commentator, I, I don't know. Never really seen him do it either. So. Yeah, I don't recall him ever being in a booth for a full game outside of uh, a Cubs game after a few beers before the seventh <laughs> inning stretch. <laughs> Does that count? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's just willing to listen, but I we have not right. seen that. I mean, surface. I too will also fill in. <laughs> yeah, if the Blackhawks Black ask me, me. Hey. Chelios and I are in the same shoes. If the Blackhawks call and said, "Will I'd you do it?" I too to will in. take that job. I yeah. did one Ice Hogs game, and it was an experience. Not bad. I'm, we're listening to EJ Raddick do it during the uh, World Juniors, and it's it's not, not easy. as easy as people think. It's not easy to no. no. It's, not. it's not. It's not. That's like the time I've spent in the AHL, and when you're in the AHL press box, you essentially sit right next to the broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Watching Joey Z do Ice Hogs games is incredible because he's essentially by himself, except when he has guests. Keller analysis like Mario for a game. I think I was actually there that that day. That was the uh, Anton Forsberg, or not Anton Forsberg, Kevin Lankin in record-setting 55-save overtime win. I still have the box score for that one. Yeah, I do remember that one. But just watching Joey pretty pretty much on his own. (laughs) Yeah, he's... No one is here telling him what's going on. Uh, he basically like has to call the AHL people on the phone to make sure it works for the streaming yeah. broadcast. Like he literally sets it all he, up himself, and then calls an amazing game. Knows everybody, knows the names. Just, yeah, just amazing to watch. These. Those, it is. It is not easy. Those to minor broadcast. minor league broadcasters, uh, whether it's AHL hockey or you know Double A baseball or, or or what have you, like. 
that is a that that is a lot more work than just showing up and calling the game. And, oh yeah, uh, no, it's yeah. Ask ask any of them. It's it's basically three jobs in one. Yes, and uh, after yeah, Joey Z, Joey Z is fantastic. He would have to go downstairs and do post game interviews. Get those clips on YouTube. Write the post game <laughs> article for the website, and then and know, then get ready for the next game. The and next then, day. and then get on a bus for six hours to be at the next game mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah, do, pretty uh, crazy. Do the Iowa Wild game. Yeah. yeah. All right, what are your? I already uh, confessed my big misses. What do you? What do you guys got? Um, I've got a couple of big misses. I'm gonna go. Um, oh, probably yeah. my biggest, the one that I really thought was gonna turn into something, was the 2006 second round, first of two second round picks. After they took Jonathan Taves third, they took second generation Russian player Igor Makarov, mm-hmm. whose dad Sergey, uh, 1990. Calder Cup trophy winner with the Calgary Flames had a couple of really big seasons early on in his career and then kind of uh, faded out. But I was like, man, the pedigree is there. This kid can score. Uh, never played in the NHL. Played one season with Rockford, uh, 2010, 2011. Um, only had 24 points. But I, I still thought he was going to be something. And even when you look at his, his KHL, he never, he's never really, he's played. He played in the KHL from 2011 up until 2020, but never only scored double-digit goals once. So even there, he wasn't a difference maker. Speaking of the Taves draft, aside from Jonathan Taves, oh, that draft was what terrible. One garbage NHL draft. game played. <laughs> yeah. And Igor it was- Makarov, Simon Dani Pippin, Tony he- Lagerstrom, Ben Shutron, Joe Palmer, Jan Mikhail Jutalainen. Sure. Chris Auger and Peter LeBlanc, who played one NHL game. That's it. Well, look at the in the Hot following garbage year, draft. The, the Kane year. They only had ten games from the rest of the that draft class too. Three so from yes. yeah, Billy yes. Sweat and Dale Talon gets the credit for drafting K's and Taves and Kane, but he had an eleven combined NHL games from the rest of those two draft classes. The two thousand eight entry draft. Kyle Beach zero NHL games. Yep. Reasons. We know. Lots of reasons. Yeah. Sean Lalonde played one. Ben Smith is the only player. Yeah. 237 games. Remember, <laughs> all these people that love Dale Talon, go look. Go look. It's not as great as you think it is. No. Yes, you knock it out of the park with Kane and Taves. It's number three and number one overall. Right. And you, you, got, you got a little fortunate that the Blues and the Penguins both passed on Jonathan Taves. You had so in the course of 06, Jack 07 Skilly was his number one pick in 2005. Yes, yuck. Cam Barker drafted third overall in 2004. Yuck. If you take Kane and Taves had so out of 06, 07, and 08 combined, you have 12 NHL games played by the other picks made in those drafts in 07 and 08. 06, 07, oh, 06, 08. 07, 08. 12 NHL games in played years. in three years when you take away Taves and Kane. That's not yeah. good. That's horrible. And you, but That's I mean, almost again, impossible. Again, horrible, but you drafted. You had two Hall of Famers. Right, you, had your fran- you got your franchise yeah. guys back to back. The but two- those are the easy picks to make. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, but the, well, let's not completely crap on Dale Talon because Stanley two, Cups. Oh, was 05, 05 was, or 04, was, that was, uh, that was. Talon's first draft. 04? Yeah. Yeah, 04 uh, was, I mean, 04 outside was of mi- swinging and missing was, on Cam Barker. That was the B draft. Because 04 was uh, Ovechkin, Malkin, 1 and 2, and then Cam Barker, 3. Quite the drop But off. he still got Dave Bolin and Brian Bickle in the second round. Um, and then Troy Brower was taken in the seventh round, who turned out to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So there was some – Jake Dowell was a guy I was high on that was taken in that draft, too. I thought he was going to be that gritty fourth-line guy. Was a really good AHL he guy. Played some NHL 17 games. Seventeen picks made in that draft, by the way. Yeah, That's but that was crazy. the B year: Barker, Bolin, Bickle, Birdie, <laughs> Brower, and wasn't where was Blunden? Was Blunden the year before that? It might have been the year after. It was the year after that. Yeah, Michael Blunden. Man, I, you know who else I liked? Michael Blunden was playing for the Lightning of, up until a couple of years ago. Yeah, he played a little bit. Uh, One hundred twenty-seven games. Um, one guy I thought from that um, 04 draft was going to be good. Petri Contiola played 12 games with the Hawks, had five assists. Looked decent. It's a good ratio. It's not really. 
that's not bad for a seventh round pick. And then he just another Finnish guy. I love the Finns. Jays, <laughs> I love the Finns. I can't. I'm gonna get you a Finland jersey for. I have Christmas. one. I'm gonna get you another. Of course. One. You want to bet the name on the back? Uh, is it Rutu? It is. Okay. Ah, <laughs> it is perfect. a T. Rutu because oh, there, there was go. a J. Rutu that I would not wear. Jeffrey mm. Rutu. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny Rutu. Johnny Rutu, my friends. Uh, no, you may remember his uh, Pudwackian brother Yarko. Ah. I do. Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Canucks legend Yarko Rutu. Pudwackian. Hey, want to remind everybody, by the way, the best way to support us here at CHGO, download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do it now and you'll get two risk-free bets up to two grand. And with that $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership that gets you access to all of our great web content, our Discord page, and of course, the sweet shirts from the CHGO locker. Pick one out. We've got the size cease, Dylan Cease design on our uh, uh, page. Now, we got to make one, a new shirt for the fan who taught Tony Lusa how to manage Random last night. guy. Random guy who's like, hey, you might want a pinch runner here. Gramps. Unbelievable. I so, yeah, we need a shirt for that guy. Somehow that team is going to sneak into the playoffs <laughs> of course again. It's ridiculous. Are. Of course they are. Maybe, maybe we talked about relegation yesterday. Maybe we should just <laughs> relegate the AAL Central. <laughs> the whole division is bad. I'm done with that. So two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt from the CHGO locker for making a $50 or more first-line deposited points bet. And remember to use that promo code right over Mario's head, CHGO. When you sign up, it's your home for live in-play betting, and it's going to get better with the NFL season fast approaching. We are with only three preseason games. Thank God. Man, that fourth preseason game was such a slog. Yeah. Bet along with the game as it's going on. New bets pop up all the time. Bet overs, bet unders, bet totals, uh, total yards, interceptions, coin toss, whatever you want to bet, it's there on points bet. So what are you waiting for? Elevate your live betting game once the game starts. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. If yeah. you want to bet, there is a bet for you on points bet. Definitely is. Want to tell us about Athletic Greens? Sure. Yeah. When you want to bet on your own. My wife was eat, drinking hers yesterday, and she said, new pro tip with Athletic Greens Mix a little juice in there mm. and use a whisk to stir it. Mm. Perfect. There you go. So there you go. Pro tip. Yeah, I, I, I mix mine with, uh, with some juice as well. Just a personal preference. Uh, my wife uh, likes it over ice. Okay. A little, little fun tip there. Um, yeah, Athletic Greens. If you want to uh, bet on yourself and bet on your uh, immune system and your gut health and boosting your natural energy, uh, getting yourself some AG1 from Athletic Greens is the right way to go. Uh, AG1 is a formula designed to boost that gut health, boost that natural energy, and boost your immune system because with AG1, in just one scoop of it, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, and that will help you start your day right. And if you have different dietary restrictions, whether it's gluten-free or dairy-free, or if you eat keto or paleo or vegan or um, any of the other uh, dietary uh, food paths out there, with AG1, you're good to go. It's easy to incorporate into your life. It's a small once-a-day habit with big benefits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional assurance. Again, athleticgreens.com slash Blackhawks. We have uh, Tom, at, you know, made the point, like, who did we miss out by taking some of these players? Well, that old 5 draft where we took Jack Skilly, uh, could have had Anzi Kopitar there, mm. Devin Setaguchi, mm. Tukarask, mm. TJ Oshie, mm. James Neal. Nah. Uh, the bigger one that hurts the most is that second-round pick where they took Mike Blunden or Blundin, 
depending on what region you're from. Uh, <laughs> the very next pick, 44th overall, Paul Stastny went to mm. the uh, <sighs> Colorado Avalanche. So you could have had that guy in the second round. Um, Co- Kopitar and Stastny in the same draft would have been very interesting. Yeah, uh, might have changed. You might not have. Uh, yeah, it might have changed the Taves draft. Yeah, you might not have gone for Taves. Or imagine having those three guys as your Man, top or three. Or there's center. your one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole we need to find Stanley Cups. The whole we need to find a second line center behind Jonathan Taves narrative never would have existed no. uh, and then that that 04 draft where they took Cam Barker third overall uh, Andrew Ladd went fourth overall who we ended up eventually getting got here because Tiomo Root tube turned into Andrew Ladd uh, Blake Wheeler was there would have been uh, nice. Here's oh. a here's a funny uh, remember remember Rusty Ozles of the Panthers he went seventh overall so at one point the Hawks had Three of the top seven picks of that draft. <laughs> God, you're right. Um, yeah, that that 04 draft wasn't great after Ovechkin and Malkin. Not a whole lot there. Corey Schneider went late. Mike Green was a late first round pick. Uh, Alex Radulov was in that draft. He a Here's career. a guy who was supposed to be great. Kyle Chipchura. Oh, yes. There's Remember him? Name. That was like... Uh, any year now, he's going to become that great power <laughs> forward everyone expects him to be and just never happened. Kind of yep. glad he didn't because I could never figure out how to correctly spell his name on the first try. So well, I'm okay with that. Don't have to worry about that now. Um, I want to tell, I want to pat myself on the back here and tell a recent story of a prospect I got kind of sort of right. At All least right. for a year. Okay. For I had year. it right. <laughs> and then things didn't work out so well. But heading into the 2019, or the, yeah, the COVID 56 game year. Was that 2020, 21? Yeah. That was mm-hmm. a 21 season. 21 season, yeah. Heading into that, when the Blackhawks had three goalies, Malcolm Subban, Colin Delia, and Kevin Lincoln in. Yep. And it was who's going to be the starter? Malcolm Subban, Colin Delia. Delia, Subban. Delia, Subban. And I went on record as saying, don't be surprised 20 games into the season, Kevin Lincoln is your starter because I think he's the best out of all three of those guys. And I don't want to say I'm some sort of like, great hockey experts goalie scout. I think that was kind of obvious. I'd seen Malcolm Subban, not great. I've seen Colin Delia's inconsistent play at the AHL level. And Kevin Lincoln was coming off a fantastic all-star season season. with the Ice Hogs. So I just thought technically he was the best goalie of the three, and he turned to prove me right, and then it all fell apart last year. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily his uh, fault. Not necessarily his fault, no. But, I mean... Yeah, I I, I I thought Lankinen, once he took hold of the starting job two seasons ago, I thought he was really going to emerge as like, oh, maybe he can be an NHL starter, and it uh, doesn't seem that's going to turn out that way. One pl- person that is uh, is being brought up in the chat here is uh, Mark McNeil. Yeah. Yuck. First round pick in 2011. I Jack Skilly's twin. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Mark McNeil was going to be yes. really good. Uh, part of why I thought Mark McNeil was going to be really good is because when you would play the NHL video games, uh, <laughs> I, I remember playing like NHL like 2012 and 2013, and very quickly Mark, McNe- Mark McNeil became like an 85 overall and was like my second line center. I'm like, all right, if the video game knows, then yeah. let's see what, yeah. what he can do. And I he Mark never, Mc- uh, never reached that level. I liked Mark McNeil until I saw him skate. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> this guy can't skate. And there was another name. Isn't uh, there rumors of Pudwactum with Mark McNeil, too? There are many rumors of Pudwactum with yes, Mark McNeil. I don't, yeah. Um, we can just leave it at that. Yes. We need to have a, a, a members-only Patreon <laughs> Pudwactum series of shows where we can tell these stories. The Pudwactum podcast. Um, Coming to podmachine.org. The, pud, the podcast. The podcast. The pod- it writes go. itself. <laughs> the podcast. There you go. On whackcast.com. You know what? It could be a Top Shelf Tuesday one of these days. Is, is the is podcast. The, pud, the podcast. And we just go through people that are puds episode. in the world of hockey. But yeah, Jack Skilly was another guy. Just, we'll just get a scroll like Chris Jericho. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna need to, we're gonna need to clear off the entire CHO schedule because we're gonna need like nine hours to just scratch. That'll be a marathon there. episode. Yeah, yeah. Our draft coverage will have nothing on the podcast. <laughs> It'll be a twenty-five part series. Yes. There you go. Uh, coming soon. Um, Another guy that was mentioned earlier that had issues that I really wanted to be good, but then once I saw him play in person, I was kind of like, yeah. Uh, Dylan Olsen, defenseman Dylan Olsen, yeah. was yep. another guy they were high on. 
Uh, was he a first round pick? First round, 28th for, overall. First round pick in uh, t- 2009. Uh, yeah, that one wasn't a great draft either. You got Marcus Kruger. Dylan Olson, Brandon Peary, Daniel DeLise, Byron Fraze, Marcus Kruger, David Pecan, mm, Paul Phillips, and David Gilbert. Yeah. Not not the best. Marcus great, Kruger. But, but yeah, not, Kruger. Not um, Dylan Olson, I thought was wanted to be a – I wanted him to be that, like, offensive-minded defenseman. Yeah. And then – but he just could not play in his own end. Um, but he turned out okay because he was traded to – He became – Was it the Christopher Stieg trade with the Panthers? I believe For he was – Stieg came from the Maple Leafs? No, we traded him to the Maple Leafs, I thought, for Victor Stahlberg. Versteeg was, was traded. When we got him back, I thought it was Dylan. Mm. Oh, the second time? When we got him back, yeah. Mm. I want to say have to it look was, at that trade I want to say it was Olsen and somebody to Let's the see. Panthers for Christopher Versteeg. I'm looking. Was Olsen still around in the 2015 uh, season? Hawks got him originally from the Bruins. Right. Okay, Bruins. Uh, then he was traded to the Leafs. It's not giving me any details here, though, on Cap Friendly. Mm. Let's I don't know. see here. Stand by. Flyers to Panthers. And then traded from Florida. Here we go. Let's see. All right, here we go. Okay. Florida to Chicago. Sorry. Oh, was this a three-way trade? Mm. I want to say the Sharks might no. have been involved in that. Okay, yeah. it was Jimmy Hayes and Dylan Olsen for Chris Versteeg yes. and Philippe Lefebvre. Yes, Jimmy Hayes and Dylan Olsen. Yeah, two guys that... We had a lot of high expectations for. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Olsen was one of those guys that was. Jimmy Hayes. Or Jimmy Hayes, yeah. Or Jimmy Olsen. Wasn't he the photographer for uh, Superman? Superman, yes. Yes, uh, he was. <laughs> Jimmy Hayes was, you know, one of those guys that you just thought was going to be that power forward and just never had whatever. And, you know, we've learned a lot about him since that might have contributed uh Factors, you know, you could say the same thing. Like now that we know, in hindsight, always twenty twenty about Brian Bickle, how mm-hmm. that contributed to a disappointing. Well, uh, and even you look at a, a quick, a quick downturn. Yeah, yeah. You look at even like Kyle Beach and right. Akimalu, right? Who seemed like well, these guys are going to be powerful studs. And I was so excited for the Kyle Beach, yeah, yeah, because I was like, man, this guy is just going to get out. He's going to be like the modern day Eric Lindros. He's just going to get out and score goals and beat people's ass. Yeah, and then. Everybody's like, this guy's a bust, a complete bust, 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 bust. And then you learn what was going on, and you're like, well, okay. Uh, right. Yeah, not necessarily um, on-ice issues that were uh, yeah. factors same, for... Same thing with Akeem Alou, right. who was a high exactly. draft pick as well. Um, I mean, I think one of the picks, we could talk about happier moments, one of the picks I think I know f- we all wanted to, to succeed here and we're high on was Tavo Teravainen. Uh, he was... I think a lot of people universally saw him as like, hey, he's a player. He's going to be good. Fortunately, Joe Quinville was not one of those guys. Yeah, really. Uh, and, you know, we had, to, we, had, we had to trade, get rid of yeah. Teravinen to the Bickle. Man, that just had that just not happened like a year later. You might have been able just the timing of all that. Again, hindsight you can't change what it was you just saw a player that wasn't living up to expectations you were up against the cap carolina knew it and carolina put he who should not be named over a barrel (sighs) well maybe if you trade with more than like two teams well that (laughs) i I, it's still this still chaps my ass because you're telling me you couldn't find any way to move brian bickle without moving table terabinen to any of the 30 other teams in the league at the time no one would would take less than Tavo freaking Teravinen. That is horrible. Horrible. You find a way to make that deal and keep him. That's what we talk about when he who shall not be named had no vision beyond the season that was happening at the time. Yeah. It's like, maybe this is a guy we want around for the next 10 years. I don't know. And it should be reminded, too, like, there were a lot of Hawks fans that were down on Tavo because he didn't come in and, like, become a point-per-game guy right away. There was a learning curve. There was development. There was all those things and adapting to a new country mm-hmm. right. and all that stuff. And, and you also factor in a Joel Quenville thing. Wanted to make him a bottom six guy yeah. playing seven minutes a night. I mean, that's just that's square peg, round hole. But with Lucas Reichel, not that they're the same kind of player, but 
the trajectory could be similar, right? Where you're the first couple of years, you're not like, ah, uh, maybe he's not what we thought he was. It takes time, especially for these yeah. European kids to come over and make a difference. Tavo coming from Finland, which is a much more accomplished hockey country than Germany is, where Reichel's At the coming time, from. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just it's just a, another reminder to have some patience with prospects. Uh, what are yeah, your big misses, Mario? I know you're. Well, I just want to. I just want to say the the, the yeah. and Reichel comparison. I I've I've really thought about that a lot too, and I really hope that this front office also sees that and says, "Hey, like, let's take some time. Let's see, you know, let's see how how things pan out." And and having Reichel play the majority of last season in in Rockford, I think, was a good idea. Um, Teravainen, I think, played. Uh, half a season in Rockford, um, plus a couple extra games, uh, and before making the jump to the NHL. And right when he did, he wasn't like, hey, jump off the page, here you go, ready to go. He started to make a name for himself in that 2015 playoff run, and then the next seasons after that, or next season after that, um, started to look like, hey, like we might have, we might have a kid here that's going to develop yeah. into something. So I think Reichel... The way he plays, his his body style, his 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 background, um, I think a lot of it looks a lot like what Tavo had coming into the league. So I I, I hope the Blackhawks' plan uh, of of taking some patience with Reichel is is in motion. Obviously, we saw it last year. I think now is the year where, uh, and we we talked about this um, last week. Now I think this season is the year where it's like okay, he can play the majority of the year or all of the year in the NHL and take that next step. And then hopefully in the next season, after this upcoming season, we see a legit top six NHL forward young guy. Who's like got the right trajectory going. Uh, Shandles in the chat says he honestly feels like the Bickle trade was the worst of the he, who shall not be named tenure that I, that, there's a lot yeah, of them, but that, lot of them. that that is the one that real really stings it's, the most. It's it's in the team photo, that's for sure. As far as the worst, that one yeah. that yeah. one's bad. I think the Phil Deneau I think Philip Deneau is, is worse. Is the worst, just because. Yeah, you literally got nothing for that. I I understand the Bickle was it was cap related. You needed to cap space. Um, so, so the, the Deneau trade wasn't. It was a deadline deal to get wasn't two cap space. It was yeah, absolute stiffs in Thomas Fleischman and Dale Dale Weiss because two bums. Q needed his veteran presence. And both of those guys were I mean, Fleischman was Fleischman fine. was decent. Weiss awful. Yeah, it was, awful. Yeah. it was a waste, and it was choosing a a, a battered Marcus Kruger over a younger version of Marcus Kruger. And a who player now, who, now who in Phil De- uh, yeah, now a player in Phil Deneau who's good, who's much higher of a ceiling than Marcus Kruger ever had. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I tough. would rank the the Deneau that's probably the deal worst one. worse than the Bickle deal, but they're they're it's neck they're, and neck. yeah they're it's, you, it's a photo you, finish yeah <laughs> it's it's real bad. Um, Jay, I, you asked me about people that I've missed on. I'm gonna go with a more recent draft. I'm gonna go with because well, you're like 16. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> when you were alive for with the uh, the 2017 draft. Um, it's not a good. I one. fell in love with uh, fourth round pick Tim Soderlin, and I liked his game. He was a he's a un, he was an is an undersized forward, but played a a, a two way game. Energy guy, uh, made a name for himself at the World Juniors, I think, in 2018, I want to say, with Sweden. Uh, was getting a lot of comparisons to Victor Arvidsson at the time, who I think uh, is one of the more underrated players in the NHL. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, if he could be Victor Arvidsson, that'd be great. I would love to have uh, a player like that come out of the fourth round for the Blackhawks. And um, didn't turn out that way. He, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he was part of the Duncan Keith trade. Was he not? I believe you are correct. I think he and was a went, minor part went, of the Duncan Keith trade. to uh, Sweden. I don't think he played for the Oilers. Uh, he played seven games for the Bakersfield Condors there in 21-22. And then Wichita Thunder, the ECHL. To Sweden. And then Jir Gardens in Sweden. In Sweden. Yeah. Yep. So he had a couple of, he looked, he had flashes in Rockford. Mm-hmm. 
He was. I thought he was. I thought he was, was going to figure it out. He was a good skater. He, was, he had some speed. He was that energy guy. Yeah, that guy would go out there and hit somebody. Yeah, I thought he had a. I thought he had an NHL, a shot at an NHL future. Yeah, as well. and it uh, didn't turn out that way. So that was that was one player that I was I was really uh, thought was going to be something, turned out to be nothing. Another uh, one is. Uh, I thought, man, I, th- I thought Chad Chris was going to be someone too. He was a second round pick in 2016 yeah. and he you know he was he he was I think cut from two team USA uh camps for the World Juniors so he was like on the cusp of being a a, a team USA World Juniors player um but never you know never uh never played at that level for 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 that team was also cut with Alex Debrinket so I thought hey Alex Brinkett turned into something. Maybe that's maybe got, that and team then they got drafted uh, six picks apart. Yeah, in the same draft. Thought maybe that team didn't know what they were doing, but um, yeah, I thought Chad Chris was really going to be something. Yeah, not, never not turned there. the cor- never turned the corner as as that offensive defenseman. And he was and, all, he's uh, always hurt. Which is a yeah, injuries injuries when did you're a uh, derail player, him. Can't stay on the ice. You're not yeah. going to go far. Yeah, and he turned into uh, Curtis Gabriel. Yes. Who's a, who's a great, great person, not really going to play with the Blackhawks ever. No. Is he still a free agent? I believe so, yes. Yeah. I wouldn't, um, it's like Calvin Hahn. Come on, sign somewhere so we can get you on. <laughs> yeah, Phil right. Castle. Right, yeah. Um, someone mentioned Graham Knott. Uh, whew, Graham I was hoping we were not going to talk about not him. not to mention that again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he was our second-round pick in second 2015, pick. but the first pick for the Hawks. That was one of the drafts they didn't have. Have I'm not don't remember why we didn't have a pick that draft was that the uh, in 15 yeah was that that was the Vermette trade that's right it was right? A Verm- yeah you are correct um, yeah Graham Knott was that another guy who I was like oh he's got some size maybe he'll be something and then saw him skate and was like yeah no yeah he was <laughs> the whole skating thing's an issue he then had he had size he had size but he was like. I don't like to use this term for people who play professional hockey, and I do not. But he just was soft. Like he was, he was a big kid. Yeah. Kind of hunchy, and just wasn't physical. And I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought he was. I, I thought he may have something there. But yeah, like you said, when you, when you start to watch him play more and more, and you're like, yeah. Not a second-round pick. Well, you want to talk about a garbage draft. 2015, you're coming off winning Real the Stanley Cup. bad. Bad. Only 25 games of NHL experience in that draft. and All of, all them, of them came from, from Dennis, Dennis Gilbert. Gilbert. Yeah. Not all those 25 games were with the Hawks. I think he played a few with Colorado. A few with Colorado. Uh, yeah, after it's Graham Knott, Dennis Gilbert, Ryan Shea, Radovan Bondra, <laughs> uh, Roy Radke, Yoni Tuola and, and John, John Dahlstrom. Tuola, I thought, had a shot for. He, he, de- was, he, he was a, decent with the ice hockey. He had a decent showing with Rockford. But not an NHL skate. Again, not a skater. Oh. Uh, Snuggerud has mentioned Luke Snuggerud is a guy who I thought. He concussion. A, yeah. That, the, his is more of. Uh, was it Michael Lambus that ended his. That put sound, his lights out? sounds right. It was either Michael Lambus or. Cody McLeod, one of those two. One of those AHL ruffians, yeah. One of those two (laughs) knuckle draggers ended his career with a a shoulder to the skull. Um, I I like Luke Snuggerud. That's a hockey, big hockey family up in Minnesota. He was starting to come up, too. He was starting to get healthy. He was starting to come up. He's professionally in Europe now, but concussion. Just, yeah, uh, yeah, he's from Eden Prairie, Wisconsin, or Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Minnesota. uh, Which also. Produced Nick Letty. I thought he was going to be a Nick Letty type yeah. defenseman. Cousin Jimmy Snuggerud yes, was a was a top shirt. top draft. Yeah, pick. the Snuggeruds yep. are big in Minnesota. A couple, I think they're both of their dads. Dave Snuggerud played in the NHL briefly. Yeah, um, they're they're a big uh, high school hockey family up there. So I thought real I th- big in Sheboygan. Yes, I like that uh, <laughs> with Johnsonville Bratz. Um yeah, I thought Snuggeroo was going to be like a Nick Letty type of guy. Yeah. just might have been, but that's a guy that wasn't necessarily his performance. It's just the fact that some giant Neanderthal tried to kill him. Yeah. yeah. We got a $2 super chat from Brandon. He says, uh, check out the Steve Dangle, Andrew Shaw trade tree. We will do that. It's uh, pretty interesting. All those trade trees are really cool. Yeah. Those the Shaw are, trade worked those out get pretty, pretty in depth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Shaw trade eventually turned into Kevin Krasinski because... <laughs> Alex DeBrinkett was one oh, of those right, picks right. we got from mm-hmm. the uh, 
from uh, Montreal. Montreal. Um, yeah. Was was DeBrincat and Chris both of those picks? Because it was two second rounds for Shaw, right? Um, was it Chris or was it the Kamenov trade? Oh yeah, you're right. I think Ar- I Arthur think Kaimov. Chris at 45 was the Hawks' yeah. own pick, and then the, the it was sandwiched in between. Kaimov the two was yeah. yeah was the other one. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that I mean, the, someone mentioned goalies. The Hawks don't have a good goalie track record in the draft. No, not since Corey uh, Crawford. Right. Um, there was a guy we talked about his draft class earlier. I thought was gonna uh, first round pick Adam Monroe. Um, <laughs> There's a name drafted after Tiamo Rutu in that one draft. I was like, yeah, this guy might be something. And they uh, took another goalie in that same draft. Craig Anderson was taken in the third round. That worked much, out. Had the much well, not so much for the Hawks, but it worked out for Craig. Yeah, he was Anderson. good. Craig Anderson yeah. was him good. and Leighton were like a tandem for the Hawks for a while. Yep, uh, that was one of the ones I was right about. I, I not that Michael Leighton was ever like a world beater, but he was a good goalie for a long time, and he kind of had when it was Anderson Leighton splitting time for that Hawks team. I thought he was the better of the two. I was wrong about that. Leighton was, I would say, like Leighton had a better short term, where Anderson had a better long term. Like I think still playing. I think right. I think Leighton's <laughs> ceiling was higher. Yeah. Just for that, but it was a really brief time, and then Anderson was obviously you know better overall. Michael Leighton led in the uh, overtime win yeah. in Game Six of 2010. Thank you, Michael Leighton. We salute you for that. <laughs> All right, and then set the AHL career wins record with the Ice Hogs. Yeah. So hey. Long time you pick, consistent pick one. Guy. <laughs> Which one would you rather have? Yeah. Well, there's so there's two guys I want to mention here. One just for the picture. Um, first is defenseman Steve McCarthy, who I thought was going to be an absolute stud defenseman. 1999, 23rd overall pick. War number five. Good looking kid. Good talker. But from what I from what I could figure out, a bit of a head case. Mm. Just couldn't like get the NHL life. Not that he was, I don't want to mislead people. It wasn't like a drinking problem or a dr- It was just like, it was a b- overwhelming for him. And he mm. never really took that next step in his career. The other one, 2000, 11th overall pick, the very handsome Pavel Vorobiev. Before there was Patrick Sharp, there Oof. was Pavel Vorobiev. There was one Eesh. Pavel Vorobiev and one eyebrow <laughs> from Pavel Vorobiev. <laughs> it is Brutal. That, that is that is that's not even a, a Russian that, hockey player. That looks like a headband. Like it goes all the way around his head. Like it doesn't stop anywhere. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, we're very very sorry. Uh, but here, <laughs> so not I went shot. back and looked at this. <laughs> this it is looks a like, team photo. It looks like the live version of Boris from uh, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> so Pavel Vorobiev, 11th overall pick, played. Where'd it go? I lost my thing here. Sorry. He played, let's see, 57 NHL games and had 25 points. That is not, like, a horrible output. Played for the Hawks in 03-04, four points in 18 games. Next two seasons in Norfolk, put up decent numbers. Then next season, uh, 39 games with the Hawks, 21 points. Then went back to Russia. And that was it. Your 11th overall pick. And he, like... A bit of a power forward, kind of a tweener, a bit like Daze-esque. Like, he wasn't real physical by any means, but had better numbers in the NHL than I expected. But I think he just was like, screw this. I don't want to be part of this thing. I'm going back to Russia. (laughs) And did and had a long career and finally ended his career in 2017-18 in the EIHL for the Edinburgh Capitals. That's England. England. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Played in the KHL until 2013-14. Cole, uh, Colby played in the EIHL, and I want to ask him about that experience one day. What was it like playing in England, playing ice hockey, which I can't imagine that that it's is. like having tea in your Gatorade bottle. <laughs> yeah, <like> right? <laughs> Some Earl Grey instead of BioSteel. Probably like playing <laughs> soccer in America. Hey, we got the, the yeah, CHGO fire, fire guys up. here. We can, um, we can ask them about that. Back to uh, our buddy Pavel there. You know who he looks like? Remember that Simpsons Halloween episode where Hugo was in the uh, was in the attic? Yes. Uh, it was in the attic. It was Bart's like evil twin. Yes. He looks like the Hugo version of 
Alex Ovechkin. If Alex Ovechkin <laughs> had an evil twin <laughs> yes, locked in does. somebody's <laughs> attic for 20 years, that's who it is. Yes. <laughs> accurate. He's yes. Hugo Ovechkin. <laughs> that is accurate. That's good. All right, well, that was a fun uh, Top Shelf Tuesday show. One I hope you guys guy, enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Just for a second. I, I got a last thing, too. Go okay, ahead. All right. John Hayden was supposed to be oh. an NHL star. Man. God, you talk I, he about looked like dude, looking I thought the part. he was going to be a stud. Oh, he's got the hair and the look and the, like, yep. That guy looked like a bona fide superstar. That, I, was, that was an NHL player. Pers- that was, like, if you built a guy on NHL for be a pro mm-hmm. it would be John Hayden and just so disappointing. Power forward guy, physical, big, looked like Michael Kopech, uh, had some flow. Like, Where is he now? I really, uh, Hayden he is, AHL last somewhere. I knew, he was with the Devils. Is he still with the Devils? He was on the Sabres last year for oh. 55 games. He is a Kraken yeah, oh, there you see, go. Everybody's going to Seattle. Everybody's going days. to Seattle. Yeah. 35 points in 240 games. That is almost unreal. When you look at, like, the he just, lo- like you said, looks the part of a hockey player. Did he He's got all the physical USA? tools. Not, decent skater. I just think he doesn't have hands. I mean, not literally. He has hands. He has hands, <laughs> but he has hands and, and he uses them to punch. <laughs> they just don't work well. <laughs> Yeah, Born, he was the, he, he's the Jim Abbott of hockey players. I'm so. Was he Jesus. on the like? <laughs> but do you see the one arm kid hit a home run in Little League? No, I saw a video uh, passed on uh, TikTok this morning. I saw this that on TikTok. He's too. a right hander. You can't tell that his his right hand. Wait, no, left yeah, hand. I'm right lefty, so it's hard for me to think that way. So yeah, his right. He does not have a right hand, but no, he's he just batting one hand, just one handedly crushes wow. a bomb. That was awesome. That's That's awesome. I'll see if I can find it. Incredible. It was very cool. That's awesome. Anyway, you want to, after John Hayden, anybody else you got to mention? Oh, I was going to do a quick little thing. Out of the last three drafts, so 22, 21, 20, who's one player that, let's say, not Lucas Reichel, not Frank Nazar and, and, and the like, who's one player that you're going to put your name on and say, this guy makes it? Oh, I like this. Uh, can I use this year's draft? Yes, Samuel Savoie. That's your guy. That's my That's guy. That's your guy. That's your guy. That's my guy. He would look when you go to development camp, you notice some people and there's some you don't. Mm-hmm. And every time I looked up, Samuel Savoie was doing something and being noticeable. So that's yeah. my guy. There you go. Uh, okay. okay. I'm gonna stick with my guy that I've, I've fawned over before, uh, Isaac Phillips, fifth rounder in 2020. There I think go. he's gonna be pretty good. Uh, though that 2021 draft class might turn out to be decent. Yeah, I'm going to go to the 2021 class. And I'm going to go with the very last pick the Blackhawks made, Jalen Lipen. Yeah, that was going to be think, another guy. Yeah. I, th- I think they, they got a player there. He's all, I mean, how many seventh-round picks the year after they're drafted signed their ELC? I mean, how many seventh-round picks signed ELCs, period? Not a lot. Not a lot. I think, I think the Blackhawks exactly. really really have a, 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 play, a player with Lipen. He who shall not be named ever made <laughs> might be one of his best. Might be one of his better. Considering where it was made and what you might get out one of it. One of his better yeah. finds, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think they got a player with, with, with Lipen. We'll see what happens. That last draft class might not be terrible because you got Lipen, you've got Del Mastro, who we've talked about. Colton Del Mastro, Doc, Doc Allen, Allen, Lipen, Schoenberg. Schoenberg, yeah. Uh, Connor Kelly is, is Connor a Kelly, guy yeah. He watch. was with he was with the Team USA camp again. Tage Harding, another. He's a project, but yes, yeah. But that that's a that's, might not that be class has a lot of potential. It's crazy to think. That the last he entire draft to class get it out of, outside of that first he round gets. Pick. It's like, oh, he figured it out. Oh yeah, uh, well, bye. The problem, no, see, <laughs> the issue is though, even if he like figured out how to draft guys, he still has no clue how to develop them. It's like True. going to the store, being able to buy the ingredients to make the world's greatest shepherd's pie and then just making crap, <laughs> not true. knowing how to cook it and mixing those ingredients. Yeah, that's what matters. All right, before we wrap up, PointsBet Sportsbook is counting down the days until football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from noon to 1 p.m. Central. Love that Power Hour. Yeah, it's great. Right while we're on the air. Or right when we're off the air, rather. Noon to 1 p.m. Central. Right when we're off. Sign up for points bet now using the code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, 
boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. Download the PointsBet app today and use code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this Top Shelf Tuesday. We appreciated it. Uh, Chuckle Mucko says Pavel Vorobiev has an interesting Wikipedia page. I will be checking that out oh. after the show today. Well, Go check that out as well. We will check that out. I will check it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Join us tomorrow at 11 a.m. right here on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Thanks to Sarah for producing the show today. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.